Shabbat Shalom, everyone. The uh, Torah, Yishakach Chef, the uh, Torah portion for this morning, that being Bishalach, the famous, famous story of the Israelites finally leaving the grip of slavery of Egypt, the miraculous moment of the parting of the seas. And yet, in and amongst all that drama, there is a recurring thread of a narrative that I want to share with you this morning. And this is how it goes. Time and again, beginning with the story in the book of Exodus, we read of something particular happening to Pharaoh, the king and ruler over Egypt. To understand the breadth and depth of what happens to Pharaoh, let's take a part of a smaller idea. The smaller idea goes like this. And that is there are things that exist in the world that even though we give them physical labels, we understand that they also work in an unseen, non-physical way. For example... I may turn around to you and say, you have a bright idea. The idea itself isn't bright because light or darkness is a physical thing. But we confer upon it physical properties to give it more color and depth. And in truth, we also realize that when someone has a really great idea, it does make us feel, when we listen to it, a little bit brighter in terms of that we see things that we hadn't seen before. Another example, when people are particularly angry, they say that they're hot. Now, the heat of anger is not actual heat. If you were to put your hands on someone who's angry, you wouldn't burn your hand. But the burningness of the anger is something we feel. Although not physical, we still feel it. Same thing, of course, is that a moment can be heavy, which is just a feeling, because time doesn't have weight to it. But we can be and find ourselves in heavy moments in our lives. You and I have both been in those kinds of moments to know that there's a heaviness that we feel, even though we're not carrying anything. And I share this idea with you because from the very beginning of Moses' moments with Pharaoh, God tells Moses that he will encounter a Pharaoh whose heart is heavy. Kaved libo, kaved lev, he will have a heavy heart. We hear this over and over again in the course of what happens with Pharaoh. From the first plague to the last plague and all the plagues in between, we encounter a Pharaoh who time and again is shown proof, conclusive, that there is a force, a power that exists in the universe greater than anything he presumes of himself. Because don't forget that in ancient Egypt, the pharaoh was not just the chief executive or just the head of state. The pharaoh in ancient Egypt was also a god. He or she ruled over Egypt with a sense and determination of the destiny that they were placed into their position and brought into the world, no less than the handiwork of the gods itself. And so the pharaohs looked upon themselves as the greatest force to be found in the world. And so God finds and tells Moses that this pharaoh is going to be of heavy heart. Now, of course, the heaviness that we speak about is not the actual weight of pharaoh's heart. His heart, like all human hearts, are roughly the same size and weight. But the thing that was the heaviness in Pharaoh's heart was that something 
was blocking Pharaoh from seeing some truth that was apparent and clear to everyone else. And this morning we read the penultimate moment of Pharaoh's heaviness. He is brought to the very edge of his destruction, pursuing the Israelites after the 10th plague as they leave Egypt. Now he sends them out of Egypt. He says, go. And yet he is struck by a moment of tremendous regret of realizing that if he allows the Israelites to go, that any presumptions he has of his divinity and his superlative greatness is completely disappeared. And so he mounts his army and they pursue after the Israelites. Now you've seen the movie, you know what happens. And that is they come to the edge of the Red Sea along with their massive army and array of chariots. And as the Israelites passed their way through the parted waters of the Red Sea, the Pharaoh too leads his army into the parted waters. But the text in the Torah makes a very important and subtle assigning here. They say that as Pharaoh led his chariots and troops into the Red Sea, it says that God made the movements of the chariots heavy, that the chariots became and the horses became heavy, that as they had made their way approaching and attacking the Israelites, pursuing them, as they made their way into the waters, as they were filled with the idea that they could pursue and overtake and ultimately destroy the Israelites, that the God who waged the plagues and the God who took them out of Egypt could not stand before the might and power of the Egyptian army, that as they lead the spear's edge into war against the Israelites, their horses and chariots, the texts tell us, become heavy. And then they sink in the water. And then in their very next verse tells us that the, the Egyptians recognize that they are waging war against the God of the people of Israel. There's a few things that we can take from this. One, of course, is that miracles don't change the attitudes of people. I mean, listen, after watching 10 plagues and seeing the waters part, you could certainly at least be naive to believe that after seeing all these things, that the Egyptians would say, ah, it's over. We can't win, time to give up. But they didn't do that. So miracles don't make people believe. Lesson number one. Lesson number two is that the Egyptians and Pharaoh in particular believed that the things that they make in this world would be extensions of the power that they believed that they had in this world. And it was only when the things that we cover ourselves with, the things that we arm ourselves with, the things that we magnify ourselves with, when they are exposed for exactly what they are, limited tools, stripped of any presumption of power and superiority, only then do they realize that they have taken themselves to the very edge of destruction and nothing that they have in their possession 
can save them with the exception of one thing. The most divine of all human abilities. And that is to think and to regret and to grasp the, the totality of the situation. Not in the way that it seems, but the way that it feels. The heaviness of Pharaoh's heart now shown in the heaviness that his tools, his army, his weapons no longer work. The Torah makes no mistake in using both of those words, I believe, because it is transferring the idea back and forth that Pharaoh's heart, which prevented him from seeing and feeling the truth of what was happening the whole time over the plagues, now his army and chariots and horses become heavy. They too can't work. And exposes, of course, that what makes humans great are not just the tools that we make and build, but what makes humans even greater is the inherent humility that we understand about ourselves. Standing before the edge of something greater than ourselves, we understand how limited we are. And by understanding our limits, we actually become greater. In his massively important and beautiful work, the great rabbinic philosopher from about a thousand years ago, Moses Maimonides, famously points out that there is no mitzvah, there is no commandment in the entire Torah telling us to believe in God. If you don't believe me, search. Throughout the entire text of the Torah, there is absolutely no commandment to believe in God. And Maimonides asks, why would that be the case? Because, he says, all one needs to do is to walk out of your home in the night, cast your gaze up to the stars, to ponder the magnitude of the universe, of the swirling bodies of stars and planets, of comets and space dust that is immense beyond our ability to comprehend. And Maimonides says, when you think of all of that and you realize how small you and I really are, how else but can't we think of the greatness of everything that surrounds us and of the thing that brought it all to pass? By recognizing our smallness, our limiting, how limited we are, our frailty, we realize truly how humans can transcend and become great and limitless. And in some ways, through goodness, kindness, charity, and love, we become eternal.